Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to another edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Ashley Bastock, filling in for Dan Lobby as your host. And for the second straight day, we are doing a check-in from the NFL owners meetings with Mary Kay Cabot, still on site. She does have a flight to catch though tonight. So we're going to dive right in to the news of the day. And Mary Kay, I want to start with your latest. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. has showed up in Phoenix and there was a video that's gone a little bit viral of him shaking hands with Kevin Stefanski out there. Um, I know you got a chance to see him very briefly. So what was the scene like with Odell showing up today? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, you know, I've I've known Odell obviously pretty well since he was a Cleveland Brown. So it was it was good to see him. I got to check in with him for a minute. Uh, but as you mentioned, when he arrived here at the NFL annual meeting uh, to meet with some teams, uh, the probably one of the first people that he saw was Kevin Stefanski. So that got the internet world, the Twitter world, all a buzz. Uh, but I was quickly able to find out that you know this doesn't mean anything. This was a hello. They are not pursuing him at this time. That is because they're very, very happy with the fact that they have Elijah Moore, with the fact that they signed Marquise Goodwin. Uh, they solved their speed or lack thereof problem. And uh, and right now, it's just not in the cards to acquire Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because when this first came out that they attended his workout, like we talked about, well, they they're missing that speed and Odell certainly has that. But like you said, they kind of solved that essentially. He's probably out of their price range at this point. Well, not probably, definitely out of their price range. Um, and I know you did get a chance to even sneak in a question to him and kind of ask him, hey, would you consider coming back to the Browns? Yeah, I did. You know, I had to ask. And, uh, you know, he declined to comment on that. I also asked his agent the same thing. And his agent just kind of smiled and threw up his hands and said, we're just out here to get some sunshine. So, you know, the thing about the Cleveland Browns is, uh, you know this by now, Ashley, you can never say never. I say it all the time. And it is so true. You can never say never. You can say almost never, but you can never say never. And the reason why we know that is because at this time last year, Deshaun Watson was pretty much a never. And then all of a sudden, there he was on the Cleveland Browns doorstep. So you never really know how things can change on a dime or what might happen. But as of this moment, they are not pursuing Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, He did meet with the Ravens today and he met with a few other teams. I got a little video of him talking to uh, Les Snead. Uh, his, his former Rams GM and, uh, you know, one of my other reporter friends got a, a little 
photo of him embracing Robert Sala and uh, from the Jets. And so there's just, uh, uh, there's a lot going on. It created a little stir, a little buzz here on sort of getaway day at the owners meetings. Yeah. And, you know, I think too, part of the reason that you just can never say never, and you've been reporting this, but it's really the fact that despite how Odell Beckham Jr.'s exit went two years ago, leaving the Browns, like they, these parties have maintained a pretty good relationship overall. I think maybe that's something that's not understood widely by the public. Yeah, that's so very true. Basically, um, one of the reasons for that is because of the way they let him go. Andrew Barry saw to it that he was able to secure his outright release and that he would not end up having to be claimed on waivers. That enabled him to, of course, sign with the Rams, go out there, play some good football, show that he's still the Odell Beckham Jr. that everybody remembered from his Giants days. And he really helped them win that Super Bowl. He was dynamite in the playoffs, helped them win the Super Bowl. And then, of course, we all saw him go down with a re-tear of uh, what he said was, you know, just not the best ACL surgery from the original tear when he was with the Browns in that Bengals game. And so, you know, he he definitely stayed on really, really good terms with the Browns. They've kept in touch with him. Even last year, when he thought he might be able to come back at the end of last season, he expressed some interest in coming back and playing with Deshaun Watson. He's still interested in doing that. Now, part of the reason that he's not here is because the Browns were able to trade for Elijah Moore. As we know, moving down from number 42 to number 74 with the Jets and, and picking up Elijah Moore. And then they turned around after that and they were able to add Marquise Goodwin. What that does is it gives you two similar sized court um, wide receivers. Odell is in that same mold. They're all around the same size, all around the same weight, all around the same speed. So right now at this moment, it's not in the cards. Um, but I do think it's interesting that the parties have stayed in contact and they have left the door open for the most part. Yeah, I think it's definitely just interesting to kind of hear that that relationship between Odell and the team has not maybe been what what was expected after the way his exit went down. But okay, since the last time we talked yesterday around this time, the other big news to come out of the meetings for you is the fact that you got to talk to the Haslams. Um, so number one, let's start with what was your big takeaway from that media session, if there is one? Well, there are a number of things that came out of that session with Jimmy and Dee Haslam last night, and I'm still in the process of working through some of the things. I still have to write the stadium stuff, which maybe I'll get to it when I get to the airport later on today. Uh, that's the goal. But, um, but you know, my first big takeaway was the fact that he um, really has high expectations for, for next season. And even though he did not put a what if on it, he did not put an ultimatum on it for Kevin Stefanski. He made it abundantly clear that the expectation is for them to make the playoffs in 2023. That's what they plan to do. And um, and who knows what will happen if they don't. He would not go there. He said, I don't want that to be a headline tomorrow. So he was careful about choosing his words. But the truth of the matter is uh, they really, really have, you know, the pressure is on. They yeah. want to get to the postseason. Yeah, I mean, I think because this is something probably that fans wonder about that there, you know, you found out he said it sounded like that there was no consideration with moving on from Andrew Barry or Kevin Stefanski. Um, like your headline says, they weren't going to give Kevin Stefanski an ultimatum this year, like playoffs are bust. But 
this idea of the pressure existing, like, I mean, it just seems like everyone's saying the right things, but like, it's obvious the pressure is mounting because you make this franchise altering move last year to give a historic contract to this quarterback that you expect to win you a Super Bowl. And I think this is kind of, to me, like, no surprise to feel that pressure mounting either way. Yeah, I mean, the thing to remember is that uh, Deshaun Watson, no matter when it's paid or how it's paid, he's averaging $46 million a year. You don't spend that kind of money if you are not expecting to get to the playoffs. And then on top of that, just this year alone, Andrew Berry has added 11 free agents in this Mm -hmm. cycle, including three pass catchers. So everything is set up for for Deshaun Watson to be successful this season. You know, they've streamlined things. They have Alex Van Pelt serving as his quarterback's coach in addition to his offensive coordinator. Uh, so there's, you know, they've done a lot to make sure uh, that that everything is right for him. And now he and Kevin Stefanski have to work together to get this thing done. And it sounded like Jimmy Haslam had kind of, you know, said that the seemed happy with the staff upgrades as well. And, and the change at defensive coordinator, bringing in Jim Schwartz, bringing in Bubba Ventral, and like you said, streamlining some other things. Um, so that's interesting, but I do just kind of always wonder, and we, it seems like we talk about this with Kevin Moore, like, is that least shorter or, or anything to that effect? And I know that was kind of something it seemed like you guys tried to get at with, with Jimmy. Yeah, I did ask him that point blank. I asked him a number of things. And that was one of the questions that I got in there in this small group setting in a courtyard with, with Jimmy and D Haslam. And uh, so I did ask him, does this make the, the least shorter? And he he basically was saying, hey, Kevin's only 40 years old. Andrew Berry's 35. I think they I think he was saying, like, you know, we are going to exercise some modicum of patience here. But by, at the, by the same token, uh, you know, the expectations are are sky high. He's not a patient man. He has said mm-hmm. that on numerous occasions and they've missed the playoffs the last two seasons. So. Uh, that that's not going to be well received this time around. Um, th- the other thing that, you know, the other takeaway from that session, and there were a number of them, uh, but another one was the fact that, look, that Deshaun Watson contract has led to Lamar Jackson asking yeah. for a trade. So I kind of got into that a little bit and just talked about how, uh, you know, Jimmy and D, they, they're not worrying about hurting the feelings of anybody. You know, they went out and did what they had to do. Yeah. So I do want to touch on that. Let's pause and take a quick break here. And when we come back, we'll talk about what the Haslam's had to say or not say about the Lamar Jackson situation and Deshaun Watson's contract and, and the historic nature of that. So we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And welcome back to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. We're going to get a few more minutes here out of Mary Kay before she has to go finish some work and catch a flight back to, I will say much, I'm looking at the palm trees behind her now. It is not that nice here, even though we did get some sun today. So praise yourself, Mary Kay. Um, but, but let's start out with this idea that, you know, Lamar Jackson has made so much news these last couple of days, especially. Um, we obviously talked a lot about that yesterday, but 
like you said, kind of like the big takeaway is like the Haslam's don't feel the need to defend themselves for this Deshaun Watson contract that may have played a role in some of this upheaval in Baltimore and the quarterback drama that's unfolding now. Yeah, they're not worried about it. They're not worried about how they are perceived by their fellow fellow owners. We know for a fact that uh, Stephen Bashadi, the Ravens owner last year, already expressed that this contract was going to cause him some problems. We know that other owners felt that way, too. But, you know, business is the name of the game. I mean, you're dealing with billionaires here uh, that have gotten to the point that they are in life because they know how to make deals. They know how to negotiate. Uh, they know how to conduct business. And uh, the Haslam's just certainly aren't worried at all about what anyone thinks about that contract. They're not feeling sorry for the Ravens right now. They don't feel bad that they might be without their QB1 for the rest of time. They're just not thinking about that. They did what they had to do. And in order to get Deshaun Watson under contract in Cleveland, that's what they had to do. They had to give him the fully guaranteed contract, the first one in the history of the NFL. But it won't be the last. It's just going to be a matter of time before the next team comes through with such a deal. I did think it was interesting to this one quote um, in in your stories where Jimmy Haslam said, quarterbacks in their prime, Aaron Rodgers is 39 now and still a phenomenal player. But quarterbacks in their prime don't come in the market when they're 26. So we reached out and grabbed Deshaun. I mean, that quote to me is just so interesting because it felt like, you know, this is what we've all been saying, right? Like that it is just so hard when people wonder, oh, why did they go through all this to get this guy with all this baggage and all of the sexual misconduct allegations that came with him and and what that does to the fan base and how it makes some fans mad and people look at the team differently. That right there to me is the crux of why all this happened and why you're not only willing to give him that kind of money, but why they were willing to go out and make that trade despite all the controversy that kind of followed it. Yeah, we reached out and grabbed Deshaun yeah. was the direct quote from Jimmy Haslam. And I thought, you know, I, th- I thought that was powerful. And it's true. Uh, you know, Jimmy also said, you know, the quarterback is everything. The quarterback is everything. And I think that the Ravens will soon find that out, too. If you don't have one, especially right now, uh, if you don't have that guy, you're going to have a hard time competing, especially in the AFC. Soon enough, Aaron Rodgers will be here in the AFC. Uh, obviously, you've got. Pat Mahomes here in the AFC. Uh, you've got Josh Allen. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And the Browns knew that they weren't going anywhere anytime soon unless they could join the elite QB club. So here they are now. They're in it. And now they just have to go out and make it work. They have to prove it. They have to prove that they did the right thing, that they can call the right kind of an offense for him, surround him with the right kind of people and maximize his abilities. And I think, too, like it was interesting to hear them talk like they have high expectations in terms of making the playoffs. But, you know, they also Jimmy Haslam also singled out like having high expectations for Deshaun. And I think that, again, is just kind of part of the nature of the money and what that two hundred thirty million dollars averages out to. And then you consider, well, we've already lost like, what is it, forty six million dollars of that with last season and him not playing 11 games. Yes, absolutely. 100 percent. So you can't keep throwing forty six million dollars out the window. He's in the second year of his five year contract at that forty six million dollars a year. And you already basically kind of had to throw the first one out the window because of the 11 game suspension. And uh, you don't want to do that this year, especially because 
you've got a bunch of other players on your roster in the prime of their career. You've got Miles Garrett. You've got Nick Chubb. You've got Denzel Ward. You've got your guards. You've got Amari Cooper. I mean, this team is poised to win now with this core group of players. It's not going to last forever. Before you know it, a couple of these players are going to start to kind of, you know, be on the downside a little bit physically. Uh, they'll still be, in, in most cases, really, really excellent players, but not what they are right now. So that's what they have to do. They've got to get this done uh, when the time is right. I know, and it's like we talk about it all the time with that, that there are other players on this team that that are in their prime that they have to be cognizant of. But I think we talk about it a lot because it's so true. And I think, like, just the nature of the sport, um, like, you know, the prime example is a guy like Joe Thomas, who has this amazing, amazing career, is never hurt, has this amazing snap streak, and it ends in the blink of an eye, and it ends with one injury, and it ends unexpectedly. And I think they they do have to be super cognizant of that, and it is, you know, that's why they've been so aggressive, but at the same time, you have to expect results after that. Um, so with the off-the-field stuff with Deshaun Watson, because I know we talked about that yesterday, um, I, I'm just curious what the Haslam's had to say in regards to that, because I know Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski were kind of not saying too much. It seems like maybe the Haslam's let a little bit more into the light when they talk to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. They were a little bit more forthcoming, not a mm-hmm. ton because nobody can really talk about because of HIPAA laws and medical laws and things like that. Nobody can really talk too much about his program, about his NFL outline for what he has to do to stay on track. Uh, in the wake of his suspension and his fine uh, because of the uh, massage therapist uh, sexual misconduct allegations. So he's supposedly right on track. The NFL has not let them know otherwise. They will if if that something happens. Uh, but as of right now, he's been a really good teammate. He's been good in the building. He's been good with the coaches in constant communication with Kevin Stefanski. And the other other key thing is he's hosting players in Houston. He's hosting his teammates for throwing sessions down in Houston. And I think that that will go a long way towards those guys getting ready for the season. Yeah, I wonder, like, really quickly, a quick aside on that. Like, do we think that there gets too much made about this offseason stuff? Like, when they when players do things like that, right? Like, last year it was the trips that they took and Deshaun organizing the trip to Miami. Um, or do you think there's, like, a real true benefit in players, you know, voluntarily getting together, going off-site somewhere in the offseason? I think there's a true benefit to it, especially in this case, because this team has not been together. Deshaun yeah. is just getting going to be getting to know uh, many of his pass catchers for the first yeah. time. I mean, if Marquise Goodwin and Elijah Moore and Jordan Aikens, the new tight end, if they all show up for some of these uh, throwing sessions, then, I, you know, they're going to be ahead of the game when they start the offseason program on April 17th. Uh, so I do think that they're extremely beneficial. And um, even even if it's not those three guys, he's only played six games with Amari Cooper and six games with Donovan Peoples-Jones and David Njoku. So I 100% think uh, that they're necessary and beneficial. And I think the Browns really appreciate that he's doing this, even though they really can't have anything to do with it at all. For sure. All right. Well, Mary Kay, before we let you go, I know you're still working on you. You alluded to it at the top, the stadium story. I mean, is there anything that you can kind of preview that and what what was said in regards to that? Because I know it's a hot topic of discussion around town always. Yeah, you know what? Uh, Nothing really groundbreaking or new, Mm -hmm. except for the fact Mm -hmm. that the Haslam's really do 100 percent believe that a new stadium 
uh, is necessary to revitalize downtown Cleveland. They're working in concert right now with, you know, with the mayor of Cleveland, with the Cuyahoga County uh, leaders, and they really believe that this is something that can and should be done. They're going to do everything in their power to help make it happen. It's about a 500, it will exceed $500 million. It could get up closer to $1 billion. They're talking about a renovation, not a new stadium. They're not talking about a dome. And, uh, you know, and they hope within a year or so to have some concrete plans and some insight into the financing issue, because, you know, there's going to take taxpayer money to get this thing done one way or the other. Yeah. Well, everyone be sure to head over to cleveland.com slash Browns to check out the full story from Mary Kay on the stadium very soon, as well as all of her other amazing stories from the meetings this week before she heads back to Cleveland uh, in the next couple of hours or so. So again, cleveland.com slash Browns, click the blue banner at the top of the page to become one of our football insiders. You get texts from us via subtext. I know Mary Kay sent a bunch of newsworthy texts from Arizona these last few days. We're always on top of that. Um, you get a newsletter in your inbox written by one of us on the Browns team every single morning. Um, so all benefits of that. So make sure you do that and tune into us next week. We'll be back for next week, next, tomorrow, a couple of days. This is a daily podcast. What am I saying? We'll be back tomorrow with hey, a hey MK pod. So be on the lookout for that. Our texters get to ask Mary Kay questions for those. Um, so until next time, Mary Kay, have a safe trip home. Thanks a lot.